Hello, my name is Keith Strandberg, and I was the screenwriter on No Retreat, No Surrender. This movie we produced in 1984, and it received its first release in 1986. So this is the 30th anniversary of No Retreat, No Surrender. It says there, Ung uh, Siyun production. NG was a, a man that I met when I was doing tours through China. Um, I speak Chinese, and so one of my first jobs after college was uh, to take tours through, take Americans on tours through mainland China. Back in the early 1980s, it was difficult, if not impossible, to travel as an individual to China. So people had to go by tours, and so they hired a lot of Chinese-speaking Americans to be the tour directors to take these uh, tourists through China. So I would go to uh, Hong Kong, take a tour of Americans through China, end up back in Hong Kong, have a few days there, and then, uh, and then continue on to another tour. And so I met NG on one, of, on one of those tours as I was waiting for a tour when I was uh, in Hong Kong. Now, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender was our first, um, our first movie that was combining sort of the Hong Kong action and an American story with American actors. And NG and I had decided to do something like this several years before No Retreat, No Surrender. Uh, and then we f things finally came together and we were able to uh, write the script and then start filming. And so this... This part of the movie was shot in Sherman Oaks, California, and uh, you know the lead actor is Kurt McKinney, who's gone on to become a very good friend of mine. Uh, he was a really very talented actor and also a very fine martial artist, which is rare in this business. Either you get a really good martial artist who can't act or you get a really good actor who can't fight. But with Kurt, we have a, a guy that can do it all. He has a, he's a great actor, went on to have a really good career, but he was also a very good martial artist. Say, what are you doing? One step, Sensei. Now, the gentleman on the right in the black is Tim Baker, and he was a very accomplished martial artist, and uh, he played a great role here as the father of, of Jason. Everybody, continue! The... Uh, the subplot about the organized crime that was looking to take over the martial arts schools was something that uh, I thought brought a lot to the picture. And the, the actor who plays this, uh, this role was very, very talented and really a fun guy to work with, the gentleman in the center. Uh, It was in this scene, uh, and as you know, movies are often shot out of sequence. So this is the first scene of the picture, but it's not necessarily the first scene that we shot. So um, this is the first time we see Jean-Claude Van Damme, the guy in the white suit, um, fight. Did you think over our proposal, Mr. Stillwell? Yes, I did. The name Stillwell is uh, the middle name of one of my best friends, James Stillwell Wilde. And uh, 
So it was fun to use his middle name as the last name of the of the character of the father and Kurt McKinney, Kurt McKinney's character. Things can be worked out. That's not it. I won't join your organization. Now, Van Damme was a very good, very pretty on-screen fighter, and the, the guy in the black gi top was a, a very good martial artist and a teacher in Los Angeles. And so he is really, really very skilled. So all three of these fighters in this scene are really top-notch martial artists. This will solve nothing! Perhaps it'll prove instructive for others with the same ideas. I will not fight! So be it. <laughs> Karate is not to be used aggressively. This was one of the first movies that mixed the Hong Kong style of action with an American story and American actors. You know, prior to this, it had been Hong Kong movies with Chinese actors doing these moves. And so to see Americans doing it was something really groundbreaking at the time and ended up being one of the reasons why No Retreat, No Surrender has been so successful. And that turned into one of uh, Son Clave Nam's signature kicks. Uh, he had such beautiful kicks. He was a really nice guy to work with at that point. It was one of his first movies. So he was really uh, a gem to work with. You'll be back with a contract, Mr. Stillwell. Until then, get some rest. <laughs> I have a confession to make. This is probably the first time I've watched No Retreat, No Surrender all the way through since its premiere in Los Angeles in 1986. So I am sort of discovering this movie again uh, with you. I've watched a lot of uh, I've watched a lot of the scenes, but I haven't watched it all the way through. What NG and I were trying to do was to make a movie that would resonate with people, that would combine an American story with uh, the Hong Kong style of action. And so the director, Corey Yuen, or Yuen Kui in Chinese, was key to this because he was a very accomplished fight choreographer and a skilled director as well. And so he was able to take the talents of all, all these really great martial artists and put them together into uh, what became really a groundbreaking movie. No Retreat, No Surrender was one of the very first movies to combine the Hong Kong style of action and American stories. And as a result, it, it really started a, new, a whole new genre of low-budget movies that had really rock-solid action. Up to that point, it had been a very Americanized sort of barroom brawl kind of action when, uh, when we introduced this Hong Kong style of acting. Well, fighting. Now, when we were uh, when we were making the movie, we were all living in Sherman Oaks, California, which is in the valley just across from Los Angeles. And so we'd go to the locations. Everything was shot on location. We didn't shoot in the studio. We shot on location. So this was one of the houses that we that we rented for the location. So 
all of us were staying together, NG, Corey, and myself, and the, and the fight choreographers, and stuntmen, were all staying in the same house in Sherman Oaks, and so then we'd wake up every morning and drive to the location and, uh, and make each scene every morning. When I first wrote No Retreat, No Surrender, the name of the script was actually Ring of Truth, uh, you know, because it ends in a ring, and so Ring of Truth was a, sort of a, a play on words. But <clears throat> my original script was 220 pages, and in screenwriting, one page usually equals one minute of screen time. So when I finished the first draft of No Retreat, No Surrender, it was 220 minutes long. And most action movies, in fact, the, the running time of this movie is about 84, 86 minutes. So that should have been 84, 86 pages, but instead I'd written 220 pages. So uh, every night before the next, night's, uh, the next morning's scene, I would spend my time rewriting the script and cutting it so that we'd have something we could shoot the next day. I really like Jason Stilwell's uh, character here because he's, he's sort of this goofy guy that, that idolizes Bruce Lee, and that was sort of me when I started my martial arts career. Bruce Lee was one of my heroes, and he, uh, you know, he was a driving force in my martial arts career. I'm a black belt in Ishinru Karate, and he was one of the reasons why that I, I trained so hard and I wanted to learn the martial arts. So it was like a dream come true to become a filmmaker and to make martial arts films. Hey, nice move. Hey, thanks. My name's RJ. How you doing? Hi, Jason. What's RJ stand for? Rafer Jefferson Madison III. Wow. No wonder you use RJ. Yeah. You moving in? No, we just came for the weekend. We travel light. That's good. I was afraid the property values were going down. I'll tell my dad not to worry. Uh, can I give you a hand with any of this? Yeah, sure, we can always use some help. Don't expect to get paid much, though. No sweat. Huh? So we found a lot of these actors, like J.W. Fales and Kent Lippman there, um, in the local area, and they were really joys to work with. You know, this guy was just really funny. This is what Kingswood needs. Why me? Oftentimes with Hong Kong, especially with Hong Kong pictures, they tend to make the, the bad characters or the funny characters a little bit too broad. And I was always worried a little bit with Kent's character that he would be too broad. Uh, you'll see in some of the scenes later where he really, uh, really takes it maybe a little bit too far. But it, it seemed to work out fine. Whoa! <laughs> Forget this! Come, on. Come over here, let me show you something else, all right? Yeah. Hey, what is this? It's a wooden man, and it's used for, like, blocking and punching techniques. Watch. The conflict between Jason and his father stems quite a bit from uh, from the sons wanting to study Bruce Lee's style of martial arts and the father teaching a very traditional kind of martial arts. And then we have J.W. Fales who's doing the, the rapping and the dancing. I'll do it for you now and I'll show you how. I rock to the beat, so watch my feet.
That's a little Chinese stuntman doing that flip in the and the moonwalk. Not bad. Hey, ain't no self-made mess up this dancing machine. What gives anyway? Uh, you know, old houses and all. Yeah. Hey, how long you been doing it? I'm crying? About three years. Oh, then you must be pretty good, huh? I've got some friends who've been doing it for about two years, and one's even a second-degree black belt. Uh, I'm not a black belt yet. What are you in, a special slow learners program or what? <laughs> no, but someday I'm gonna be just like him. Hey, I hear he's buried in Seattle. Do you know where? Yeah, I'll take you there tomorrow. All right. So this was finding the, the Bruce Lee grave was a very important moment for me because, as I said, I was such a fan of Bruce Lee. And to come to the place where he had uh, done a lot of teaching in Seattle and had started his career in Seattle, and then to spend a little bit of time at his gravesite was really something special for me. My name is Jason Stilwell, and I just moved here from Los Angeles. I'm a martial artist, too, and I want to be like you someday. I practice what you teach, and I've read everything about you. Please give me the courage and strength to stand up for what I believe. Thank you, Sensei Lee. One of the important things for me with this movie was to do something that would help transmit the the codes and the spirit of the martial arts. I didn't want to just do a fight movie, and that's been the case with all my movies. I went on to make nine other movies with seasonal films and with NG, and each movie I wanted to to communicate the spirit of the martial arts a little bit, not just to be a, a good fighting. We had really great fighting, which is one of the things that makes this movie stand out, but to be able to communicate and to help people understand the martial arts and to get some people into the martial arts has always been important for me. You know, I've heard over the years that you know, this was one of the first martial arts movies that people had seen, and it was something that had gotten them started in the martial arts. And I've been a lifelong martial artist, so it was important to me that people could understand a little bit more about the martial arts, and this would help the martial arts rather than hurt it. I didn't want it to be something that was ultra-violent and that would put people off. I wanted it to be something that would help spread the word about the martial arts, because the martial arts has been an important part of my career an important part of my life, so uh, I wanted this to be a positive message for the martial arts. Now, Kurt was a Taekwondo stylist, uh, which is very, you know, focuses on kicking, and he had some really beautiful kicks. So it was, a, it was a joy to work with Kurt as a martial artist. This is one of the scenes where I was telling you that uh, maybe Kent goes a little bit too broad in his humor as he's eating. You know, this is very Hong Kong style comedy. What's the matter, Scott? That's that slime ball RJ. Hey, Scott, 
Why do you hate that kid so much? I've got my reasons. Come here. Just keep him from going anywhere. That's all I ask. All right. Well, Pee-wee. Looks like you don't have anywhere else to run, do you? Yeah, <laughs> it does look that way. Chubby, get him! Get him! Now, none of these guys are martial arts, so this isn't a martial arts sequence until, uh, until... Who's the lard ass? Beat it, Brucey. Go out home and play with your wooden dolly. Take a walk, fat boy. You stay out of this or you're gonna get hurt. This is between him and me. Get him! All right, no retreat, no surrender. Okay, guys, break it up, break it up. You better be glad this geek came along, Brucey! Next time I'm gonna kill you! The, uh, as I told you before, the movie was originally titled Ring of Truth, but uh, I, I chose the name No Retreat, No Surrender because there was a very uh, popular Bruce Springsteen song uh, that used those, those words, No Retreat, No Surrender, and I was a big Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen fan. Check this out. One of the challenges when making a martial arts movie is to find enough actors who can fight to be all the supporting roles. And we really only have one or two leads in a movie, and they have to be able to fight well. But to find the fighters that can take a punch, that can take a kick, that can do really good reactions is very difficult. In fact, we started a, an action training school after No Retreat, No Surrender, when we realized we, we had found something and found a formula that worked with Hong Kong action and American stories and American actors, you know, we decided we needed to train the martial artists to fight for the screen because uh, martial arts techniques are very different than fighting for the screen. It's important to, um, to change a lot of the martial arts techniques when fighting for the screen. And many times we'll have a, a martial artist who, uh, who will want to throw a technique a certain way, and it doesn't work for the, for the screen. It has to be a big sweeping technique to look good on the screen. So uh, we started training a lot of actors to fight for us because we lost a lot of time having to train these classically trained martial artists in how to fight for the screen. Here's the lockers. Just go changing your gear. Class starts in about 10 minutes. That way, you know, you can get some warm-up in before that. Okay, thanks. All right. <laughs> now 
Not bad. I told you about my, uh, about my taking tours to China. That red bag that Jason is using to pull his gi out of was actually one of the bags that they had given us as uh, part of this tour uh, with Inter-Pacific Tours International. What's up? Who was that guy? My new student. Why? You say he was from L.A.? Yeah. So what? I had a run-in with that guy. Did this. This. That. What'd you fight about? Uh, well, um, he was talking about how bad Seattle karate is. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was he was putting Seattle karate down in a big way and uh, talking about how wonderful Los Angeles karate is. And then he started uh, pushing me around and stuff. And then the fight started? Yeah. No, I didn't want to fight, but, you know, what was I supposed to do? He's pretty good, but he uh, fights dirty. When we, this, uh, this guy in the black pants here, his name is Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham. He was a middleweight champion of the world and is still a very good uh, karate instructor. So what we did was when we came to Los Angeles, we found a lot of really good martial arts. The guy on the right is also a very good martial artist, a black belt. So uh, we hired these guys that could really fight, and we, and we were able to find uh, good enough actors for the picture as well. All right, let's bring it in, form a circle by the ring right now. Down. Class, we have with us today a distinguished visitor. And he wants to see what Seattle Karate is about. So I thought we might give him a taste of it. Look, look no I... excuses here, mister. You're in the ring. Let's see what you're made of. Frank, up. To the line. To the line. Class, back. Bow to me. Bow to each other. Fighting chances. The fight coordinator at the beginning of this, Corey Yuen was the was the uh, director. He was also the head fight choreographer. So at the beginning of this, he just told him to do a little bit of sparring, let and Pete was to uh, was to, to dominate, and then they choreographed the final bit of that where you know, he kicked him out of the ring. See, they're just sort of sparring here, really. And then the choreography comes in. Fight! But D, what are you afraid of? Fight!
like karate. I'm impressed. <laughs> hey, I know of another school, and it's not too Man, far. I'm not gonna talk about it right now. That's cool. Ah, uh, shit. That's the last thing I need. What's that? Some bitchy friend of my mom's. I'll never get any peace. Man, come in, please. Just for a little bit. That way I'll have a reason for not staying and talking with him. All right. But I can't stay that long. Just long enough, all right? Jason, you'll never guess who came to see us today. Mom, I really don't feel like talking to anybody right now, okay? Really? But you don't even know who it is yet. Uh, well, R.J. and Jason I will get... Jason Andrew Stillwell. You get in there. Where are your manners? You get in there right now. <sighs> okay. I'm not gonna like it. Kelly! Jason! Kelly! <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to chew this boy up all day, and now he smiles. When did you get back? Late last night. I thought I'd come over and surprise you. Ah, oh, young love. It makes me wish I was 20 years younger. Well, I better go, too. I got a bunch of girls just waiting for me. <laughs> GW really brings a nice uh, comedic sense to this. And now we have the little uh, romantic montage of uh, seeing the sights of Seattle. We were only in Seattle for about a week, I think. Um, so we did a lot of this stuff, second unit. Our primary unit was down in Los Angeles. So everything, even the Seattle portion of the fight stuff and all that was all done in Los Angeles. And then we did the exteriors in Seattle. You know, the reason for the move to Seattle was really to put him in the place where Bruce Lee's grave was and to where Bruce Lee had started his career so that he could make that connection with Bruce Lee. I really owe a debt of gratitude to Ng Siyuan, or Wu Siyuan in, in Mandarin. Uh, he's the executive producer of this and the president of Seasonal Films. And he gave me my first chance to work in the movies. You know, I had never I had made a name for myself writing for martial arts magazines and writing for other magazines, but uh, I had never done any movies, and you know, I, I wanted to break into the film industry, but you know, I, I wasn't sure how to do it. And when I was in between these tours in Hong Kong, I would go, and one time I, I made a lot of calls to a lot of different Hong Kong film companies, because my idea was to, to take the Hong Kong action and bring it into the American movie scene. So I called all these Hong Kong movie companies and they shut the proverbial door in my face. They all refused to talk to me. And I was getting very discouraged. But I had done some research into Wu Siyuan, into NG's company, and I knew a little bit about his background. He had started uh, the career of Jackie Chan and had been very successful in Hong Kong movies. But the most important thing was that I knew that he spoke Mandarin. So I called up Seasonal Film and asked for NG. I got through to him, surprisingly, and he was about to hang up on me, too, when I switched to Chinese, uh, to Mandarin. And since he's from Shanghai, he speaks Mandarin fluently, so we really hit it off with a telephone. He invited me to his office in Hong Kong. I spent about three or four hours in his office talking to him about movies, 
watching portions of his movies and talking about what we could possibly do together. And I left that time uh, with sort of the promise that if he ever decided to do an American movie, he'd contact me. So I went back to the U.S. I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I went back to the U.S., went back to my normal job, and uh, you know, just kept hoping that someday NG would call. And then one day when I was at work, the phone rang, and it was NG, and he said, hey, I'm ready. We're ready to make the American movie. Why don't you fly to Hong Kong, and we'll meet and talk about what this picture will be, and this picture turned out to be Hi, No Retreat, No Surrender. Are you having a good time? I sure am. It's going to be a great party. Bitchin', I think it'll be awesome. Can't you talk like a human being, Dean? Kelly, don't fight it. It's bigger than the both of us. The only thing bigger than the both of us is your ego. I'm not interested. Go find some other girl to test. You're the only one I want to test. Give me a break. Kelly. Kelly. Happy birthday. How's my little sister? Look at the stories. Congratulations, Ian. How's it going, guys? Sensei. Good, Good job. To see you. Yeah, congrats, Sensei. Boy, everything went great. Any problems while I was gone? <laughs> Nothing I couldn't handle. So Kelly's brother, Ron Pinnell, is a was a martial artist and a, and a big time point karate fighter in the Los Angeles area. Very successful. So that that trophy he brought in was probably one of his own trophies. Nice house. You like it. Oh, he's so cute. How did you know? You made such a fuss over it at the pet store the other day. I just had to get it. He's perfect. It is a he, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look, but I think so. You're so adorable. I'm going to love you to death. Oh. Thank you, Jason. We met last summer. Jason, this is Cindy, Lonnie, and Sharon. Girls, this is Jason. Hi. 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 The rabbit. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, Kel. How's my girl? What do you think you're doing? Well, well. Look at what the cat drug in. Dean Ramsey, this is Jason. Yeah, I know. We've met. We're old pals, aren't we, Jason? How's it going, buddy? What are you guys? Kelly! Kelly! Come on, come on, your friends. Come on, girl! Stay out of the way, punk. She's mine. I didn't see a ring, did I? Are you thick? Her brother's my sensei. She's spoken for by me. Nobody wants you here. We'll see about that. And uh, this guy's white. I was brave, though. I was brave, though. So is it raining or what? <laughs> Oh, man, they're almost out of kick. Come on. 
Back off, Dean. Get out of my face. I told you not to stay. It's funny in this scene, uh, his line, he knows who's the best, she knows who's the best. We had such a problem with that because the actor would continually say, she knows who the best is. And I would say, no, that's not the line. And we did it five or six times and uh, the, the, the actor kept saying who the best is. And I kept insisting that we do who's the best. And at one point, one of the crew members turned to me and said, what's the difference? But to me, there's a big difference between the power of who's the best and who the best is. And, you know, I know it's not high, high acting or, you know, these aren't really fantastically acted movies, but it's important to me that we, you know, we do everything the best we can. We do the acting as best we can. We do the fighting as best we can. So, uh, you know, that's one of the really great things about seasonal film is that they would continue doing it until they got it right. I know that in some fight scenes, you know, we might have done 50 takes of a certain technique just to make sure we got it absolutely correct. And, you know, unfortunately that in low budget movies today, I don't think they have the kind of resources to do that anymore. So oftentimes you'll see movies that appear to be rushed or hurried. And I've talked to some uh, production companies who put a limit on the number of takes that people can do, uh, which I really can't understand. I mean, you really have to do, you have to get it perfect or you shouldn't move on. And oftentimes I've heard stories of where, you know, they know they missed a kick or they missed a punch or they said the line wrong and uh, they, they still accept it and move on because they just don't have the time. With No Retreat, No Surrender, I think we shot for 36 days, which was actually quite a long schedule for a low-budget movie of that time. But because... The action takes so long. Uh, we needed to have that sort of time. Where you been? Nowhere. I asked where you were, and I told you, didn't I? I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Suit yourself, I'll pretend I didn't say it. You've been fighting again. So what? You know how I feel about fighting. Yeah, I do. You're scared to death of it. Is that what you really think? Maybe if you made a stand instead of running away. If you've been anything but a coward. That's it. From now on, the garage is off limits. You can't do that. Can I? I think you're forgetting whose house this is. It's my house, too. We'll call it your house when you start paying the rent, okay? Until then, you do as I say. Clear? Just leave me alone! <laughs> Useless duck! 
should have been done long ago. Let's go inside. When I was growing up and I was no training in the martial arts, I had a poster, just not exactly that poster. It was a poster from Enter the Dragon, but a different poster. But it was a poster that I had on my wall that would motivate me when I was training. Now, when he runs to this, this area and he encounters the ghost of Bruce Lee, this is an important scene for me because Bruce Lee was a, was a hero of mine. And you know, one of the things that I really wanted to, to, have him, uh, to have him do was to establish a relationship with Bruce Lee, you know, which would have been a dream of mine. Unfortunately, Bruce Lee died in 1973. Uh, you know, he had already started training, but I'd, you know, I'd never traveled to Hong Kong or never had the opportunity to meet Bruce Lee, but that would have been the, uh, you know, one of the yeah. dreams of my life. We can take the stuff there if you'd like. Okay, but how are we gonna get it there? Don't worry, RJ will provide. You just wait here. The actor that we hired to play the Bruce Lee role was a Korean actor, and he was, he didn't speak any English. He had been used, I think, before in a couple of uh, sort of quasi-Bruce Lee films you know, uh, to play the character of Bruce Lee, but he didn't speak any English, didn't speak any Chinese, only spoke Korean. So that was a, one of the challenges for us, was to give him something to say in Korean that wouldn't kind of match the cadence of the English. One of the things that I really hated and a lot, and a lot of people hate is, the, is bad dubbing. And so we didn't want to have that sensation that he was being badly dubbed because he, his, uh, his dialogue is dubbed in the picture, but we wanted it to match as close as possible to the actual English that he was speaking. So we had a Korean linguist who tried to make Korean sentences that would match the English dialogue in the way that his mouth moved. You can see for yourself whether we ac accomplished this, but we tried as best we could to make it so that it didn't look like a badly dubbed Hong Kong movie. Sounds good to me. Hey, RJ. Yo. Thanks. I mean, I hope you don't get into any trouble. Don't worry about me. I can handle no retreat, no surrender. That's the worst thing a father could do, is to rip the poster of Bruce Lee. It's a horrible thing to do. At least he was able to repair it and put it back up in this empty house.
And here he comes, the spirit of Bruce Lee. I have a lot of people still to this day tell me how important No Retreat, No Surrender was for them and how much they particularly liked these scenes with Bruce Lee. He does look quite a bit like Bruce Lee, and his mannerisms, he, he copies the movements of Bruce Lee pretty well. Bruce Lee had a particular way of moving, you know, something that I'm, I, I know quite well from watching all his movies. Sensei Lee? Lee Daga, you call me. Shall we begin? Lee Daga means uh, Big Brother Lee. Begin what? Your training. You asked me to help. I'm ready. I, I've studied a little. And? And I haven't been the best of students. I know you can do better. Utilize what's up here as your way. That's how you win. Come here with me. This symbol. is your beginning. You must be as a warrior. The character Wu is made up of Kwa, which means violence or force, plus this character Ji, meaning stop. We call it martial arts. We practice how to stop violence. What you learn from me is for defense only and should never be... This was an important part of the lessons that I wanted to impart about the martial arts how the martial arts weren't about fighting. You know, up until that point, anybody that knew that I was a black belt would always say, oh, you know, I don't want to get in a fight with you, you're a black belt. When in reality, I'm probably one of the safest people to get into a fight with because I won't fight back. And that's sort of the lesson of the martial arts is that when you get to being, uh, you know, an accomplished martial artist, it's about not fighting and using the martial arts to better yourself and not to be a violent person. What I offer. The cup of my knowledge is more than your cup holds. Slowly, Digga. Then you can now learn, and you see why. Yes. Now, get in the stance. First, do front power punch. No. This hand, no power. Think. Hit here. Stand up. Think. Now, what was your mistake? Punch wasn't fast enough? Easy to defend against? Are you asking or are you telling me? Now say it to me again. Not fast enough, easy to defend against. Now, show me where to improve it. Show you? Here, warrior, inside. Move and I'll counter. Think of your technique. 
Here. I will use a long move. See? Again. Stop. Know why you've been getting hip? No, Lidiger. You lead with your shoulder. And when your shoulder moves, I see it. You'll be quick and direct, utilizing chi. The result is power. That's the famous one-inch punch from Bruce Lee. That's something that he made famous. And so we used a lot of these mannerisms. As you can see, he's doing the Bruce Lee mannerisms throughout, which is uh, really, really helped make this movie successful because he was believable as Bruce Lee. I once had an argument with NG, who obviously knew Bruce Lee quite well, and we were watching a movie, and it was a movie that used some of Bruce Lee scenes and some scenes that they had done after Bruce Lee's death. And in one scene, I remember watching with NG, and I looked at the I looked at the scene and I said, well, that's not Bruce Lee. And he said, oh, yes, that is. And I said, no, I'm sure it's not Bruce Lee. And so we had this argument about it. And then he made a call to the producer of the picture. And in fact, it wasn't Bruce Lee. That I, you know, because I had studied Bruce Lee for so long, I knew who was, who was Bruce Lee and who wasn't. And in most cases in Bruce Lee's films, he doesn't use the stuntman. Uh, in Enter the Dragon, for example, when the flip comes at the beginning of the movie, that's not Bruce Lee, that is a stuntman. Uh, when he does the flip in the fight against Bob Wall, that's that's a stuntman as well. But in most other cases, it's Bruce Lee doing all the action. What's wrong? I'm not sure, Lita. Think about what you're doing. If you want to improve yourself, you must concentrate. That's your strength. that natural enough for you? Sure. Sure means yes in Chinese. Even though it sounds like sure in English, he was uh, speaking a little bit of Chinese there. This was one of the longest shoots of the whole movie because it was done in a, in a bar and it was dark. We started at night and we went into the early morning and we had to coordinate this, this dancing. So uh, one of the cool things about Norwegian Center is that we mixed a lot of very American things with, uh, with this martial arts movie. And so we had the break dancing, we had the rapping, we had a lot of uh, really fun stuff that was usually not found in a martial arts movie. And that, that's another reason why I think that uh, Norwegian Center was as successful as it was. Dancing too. I'd forgotten about the break dancing part. 
Would you like to dance? No, thanks. Come on. Okay. It's actually a very sweet movie, No Retreat, No Surrender. It has a good heart. There's nothing evil about it. There's, you know, the violence is controlled. So I'm really proud of No Retreat, No Surrender. Kurt went on to become a very accomplished actor. He had a long time run on a soap opera, The Guiding Light, and he made a, a bunch of other martial arts movies as well. So uh, he had a really good career, and I'm still in touch with him. Uh, he's one of the, one of several actors that I'm still quite close to. Why did you get hit? I don't know. I'm just standing here. <laughs> All these sandbags are your adversaries. Stand in the center. How? Ready? <laughs> to fight, effectively, you must empty all yourself. Your eyes must see in all directions. Your ears shall be aware of all sounds. You must learn to feel every movement before it occurs and be ready to react. Try again. I've had some people ask me, it's funny, uh, you know, because of this scene with RJ, whether Bruce Lee's ghost was real in the movie, you know, because he doesn't see anybody. So the idea is that, you know, was, was uh, Jason or, or Kurt's character a little bit crazy because he was seeing something that wasn't there? Uh, so this has confused some people in, uh, in No Retreat, No Surrender because uh, you know, they're not sure whether Bruce Lee actually existed. In my mind, I, I think he existed, but just other people couldn't see him.
And this is one of the setups to the ending of the movie. It sets up what he does in the final scene, which was very important to plant this seed in the audience's mind that he learned how to do this. You weren't ready. Unexpected moves are hard to counter. So they present worse danger. This was the scene I remember that Kurt was very reluctant to do because it was a very di it's a very difficult thing to put your foot in a rope and then jump up and kick and be able to land effectively. So it was something that Kurt was, was worried about doing. He was worried about falling like that. He was worried about hurting himself. But he's such a good athlete that he was able to do it and to, and to do it effectively. obligatory training montage where he uh, learns the skills that he's going to need for to defeat the guy at the end of the movie. Now this is the scene where I, I made my movie debut. I'm one of the bad guys in this fight scene. And this is a scene that I've never been able to live down because at one point in this fight, I turn the wrong way when I get hit. I get hit by a kick from when Jason comes in and uh, that's me right there in the black t-shirt. <laughs> you will never mess with me again. And what happens is Kurt comes along and, and saves his dad and kicks me, and he kicks me with a kick, and I should be turning one way, and I turn the wrong way. And so the stuntmen never let me live that down. Every time they saw me, they would, they would uh, turn the wrong way. Yeah, I went the wrong way on that kick. I turned the right way on those three kicks, which was good. And it was a nice fall. Now, I ended up being in a little bit of a, in a role in every one of my films, just a little bit of a, a cameo. And this started it all uh, with uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. Dad, are you okay? Yeah, I 
Dad, there are times when you just have to fight. I'm very proud of you, son. Kick it. I'll never be able to hit it. When you think it will be impossible, you won't hit it. Set the images all in your head. Then believe in them and know they can't be stopped. I did it! Lee Daga, where are you? Jean-Claude Van Damme is getting ready to come back into the movie for the final scene. And I wanted to let you guys know a little bit about how we cast Jean-Claude Van Damme in this movie. When we were doing the casting, we put out a what's called a casting call or an open call for actors to show up and we specified what sort of actors we were looking for, what kind of what types we were looking for and that we were looking for fighters. And we expected, you know, 40 or 50 people to show up. But we were at a a studio in Los Angeles called Raleigh Studios, and we had hundreds of people show up. In fact, too many people to be able to see everyone. So at one point, the NG and the director asked me to go outside and see all these people that were waiting in line and choose the people that I thought should be the ones that we see, which was a very uncomfortable thing for me because I, you know, I, I, wasn't in, I didn't know that much about making movies. And you know, I wasn't sure I would know uh, who the right people are, and I didn't want to be put in that position where I could determine somebody's future, but I needed to do it, so I went outside and I walked down this row of hundreds of people waiting in line, and I, I picked out three. We were looking for a, a big, muscly guy to play the role of Ivan the Russian, and um, so we, I, I walked through and I looked at all the different people, and I brought in three, and Jean-Claude Van Damme was one of them, and uh, he ended up getting the role because he was such a beautiful martial artist. He, he really had beautiful kicks. At one point you see Kurt in this scene, he breaks this bag. Uh, it wasn't planned, but uh, it was something that he was just really, uh, he was really working out well and he, and he hit that bag and broke it. So the bag come, comes back. This was the scene that we actually did sort of guerrilla style. We weren't allowed to shoot at the, at the airport, but we took a camera and shot them coming in uh, because they wouldn't give us a permit to shoot on the, on the grounds of the airport. Representatives from print and TV will be there, and two local radio stations will be covering it live. I hear Mr. Riley and his team are training very hard. Will there be any problems? Don't worry. Everything is under control. Seattle is already yours. They will lose. Very good. 
Very good. One of the hardest things when you're making a picture like this with a crowd scene is being able to keep the crowd there because it's it seems like an exciting thing making a movie, but it's really quite boring. It's it's very slow and it takes a long time. And so, you know, oftentimes we'll have a big crowd at the beginning and by the end of the scene we'll have less of a crowd because everybody is bored and wants to leave. So it's really a challenge to keep people in the crowd. You know, often we will hire uh, musicians or comedians to perform to the crowd in between scenes so that they are entertained and, and don't want to leave. Now, all these guys here were, uh, were real martial artists, were real fighters uh, that we had hired and trained to be movie fighters. Michael Rocco was the name of uh, my roommate at college at USC. I went to USC for one year and then finished my uh, career at Oberlin College. So I used Mike Rocco's name as one of the fighters. Frank Peters. 
fighting for the sidekicks, Dean Shooting Star Ramsey! <laughs> and the captain of the sidekicks, the reigning U.S. National Karate Champion, Ian Whirlwind Riley! Now, the story is that Van Dam was a kickboxing champion. At least that's what he's been saying. I'm not sure about his martial arts background. We didn't really know. But he really is a beautiful fighter. He's a technically very very uh, precise, fight, precise fighter. And he is also, his kicks are beautiful to watch. So it was a, a real pleasure to have him in this movie. And he starts his signature role here his signature move, which is uh, he puts his feet up on the ropes and does his split, which became something that he did in many of his movies. Jason, a friend of Kelly's. Well, Jason, don't worry. We can take him. No, I mean it. I've seen this guy fight. Yeah, and you've seen us fight, too, bud. <laughs> Relax. He's cake. Sit back and enjoy the show. Good luck.
Let the destruction begin! Would you come in the ring, please? You can do it! On your mouth, me. Gentlemen, just obey my commands. When I ask you to break, I want you to break clean and fast. In the event of a knockdown, I want you to go immediately to a neutral corner and stay there until I tell you to come out. Do you understand? Fight! That was one of the few places where we used a wire. We pulled him on uh, uh, from the back with a wire after that kick, which made it, the kick look really, really powerful. Now in this next scene, there's a, a part when he's fighting Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham. Here's the signature move where he does the splits. But when he's fighting Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham, Pete was, as I said, the middleweight champion of the world, and he'd never been knocked out. And in one, uh, in one part of this fight, Van Damme does a spinning Gentlemen, crescent kick and hits Pete and knocks him out. And one of the problems was when he, when he, when Van Dam landed, he went to help Pete because he was worried about him, which means we couldn't use the shot. So we had to do it again, and he, he knocked him out a second time. So uh, you know, there's been some talk about Van Dam not having the the greatest control, and he he hit a couple of people in this, in this movie. It was not really his fault because he was a, a full contact fighter. So he wasn't used to not making contact. But in movies, you don't have to make contact. You don't have to be uh, close to hitting somebody. You know, you can, uh, you can be quite a bit away, and with the trick of the camera, by hiding the points of contact, it looks like it was a hit. And that's something that, that Van Damme and really every fighter that fights for the screen needs to know. This is the kick. He is really knocked out in that sequence. Um, not there anymore, of, of course, because we woke him up and, and started again. But at, he uh, actually ended up hitting him twice and knocking him up both times. Now coming up is Kelly's brother. And as I told you, Kelly's brother was a, a local champion. So before this fight happened, Kelly's brother came up to me and said, I really don't want to lose this fight. And I looked at him and I said, but it's in the script, you lose. He says, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to lose. You know, it's for my, my reputation. So I went to the director, I said, you know, this, this guy doesn't want to lose. 
And so we made it so that Van Dam cheats in order to beat him so that he didn't get, get beaten straight up. I want a good, clean fight. One of the things about making an action movie is when we get to fight scenes like this, they're, they're really unscripted once they start fighting. In fact, in most cases, I don't bother writing all the moves. I just write, they fight. You know, in the, obviously, in the first uh, version of this script, which was 220 pages long, I wrote every move in, but I quickly learned that that was a waste of time and all I need to do is write, they fight. So often, we might spend 10 days on those two words, they fight. You know, unless there's something specific that, you know, for example, Van Damme has to cheat or he has to do one particular move. Other than that, I don't necessarily speci specify what they do when they fight. And from a production standpoint, you know, this might have taken us a full day to shoot. And we don't know, the crew doesn't know where the fight is going. To, is going. You know, they shoot it from A to Z in order. In most cases, a film isn't shot in order. And even particular scenes aren't shot in order. But in a fight scene, everything is shot from one move to the next move. So there's a lot of moving around. There's a lot of going from one side to the other side. And nobody other than the fight choreographer really knows what's next and what's coming next, which is a difficult thing for making a movie because it could, it could be two hours as, as much as it could be 20 hours. So there's no real way to know. This kind of fighting really wasn't seen in American movies to this point. This was, you know, uh, this is very Hong Kong-style action, and it's something that American movies had never done before. So that's why No Retreat, No Surrender was really quite a groundbreaking movie, because it introduced these kind of fights that Westerners were doing and not Chinese actors. Here comes the part where he cheats. He wraps the rope around him, so now it's possible to beat him without having it seem like he uh, he was better than that fighter. It's time for Jason to step in. Oh, 
So, it is you, the son, is it not? But this time it'll be different, Russian. You're good. I get better. It's one of my favorite lines in the movie. I get better. Tell that was a little Chinese stuntman doing that that stunt. Uh, that's not something that uh, that Kurt was able to do. So they put in a Chinese stuntman to do that flip. Thank you very much for watching the movie with my commentary. It was a pleasure for me to see the movie again. Uh, I haven't seen it for many, many, many years. And I really think it's, uh, I'm proud of the movie. And it was something that really started my career. As I said, I went on to make another nine movies with seasonal film. And I'm proud of our contributions to the martial arts film industry. And I think that we really made a game-changing picture. I also want to thank Julia Henshin for helping me record this commentary on the campus of Webster University, Geneva. 
Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the movie.